0: You invested your two days with the goat of sales, the man, the legend, Grant Cardone. In this particular room, there are people who are making 300k a month to, and highest are doing 100 millions a month. Mm-hmm. What was your biggest breakthrough or business lesson in that particular, from that particular event or from that room?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the first thing is it always helps you think bigger.
0: Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Warrior Show. This is where we interview entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants who are expert in their niches. And in this amazing series of interview, today we have a super awesome guest with us, like super, super, super awesome. And his journey from a fitness trainer to a multiple eight-figure in online business is the founder of CEO of founder and CEO of Elite CEOs. He has generated over eight figures in online coaching and. Coaching world. after discovering powerful, repeatable strategies which he used to create his first million from a B to C model. He has trained thousands of elect CEOs until to make over 5, 6 and even 7 figure. Right? And his client have done a combined $350 million in sales which is completely insane insane. And as you are seeing, uh, you are going to see he is a 4 time 2 comma club. To CCX award and to CCC award winner. Uh, he is the author of the book called Infinite Income. So without further ado, let's put in a huge round of applause for Taner Citizen on the stage. Welcome, Taner.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. And uh, like I was telling you earlier, it is a little early here for me. So uh, <laughs> yeah. excuse my appearance, but I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to go.
0: I'm really glad that... Um, it's a seven AM right now, right? But you are here, so I'm really grateful for that one thing. Thank you so much once again.
1: Yeah, no worries. And, and it's I usually get up a little earlier, but on Saturdays, uh, I, I stayed out a little later last night. We had late dinner and stuff. But again, I'm excited to be here, and thanks for having me.
0: Yes, I'm so glad for. So are you hearing me loud and clear?
1: Yeah, yeah, you sound great. You sound amazing. Thank you so much. We are good to go. Yeah,
0: 100%. awesome. Uh, you... use begin your journey with the fitness company and weren't initially interested in serving trainers and coaches at starting of that point of time but now you are serving coaches consultants so how did this transition occur
1: yeah it's a great question uh so i was always very interested in fitness because i'd grown up playing american football and basketball and um that's kind of how i got kids kind of leave me alone because i was picked on a little bit as a kid i was kind of strange uh weird is probably another way to put it and so when i started uh lifting weights and excelling in sports i gained a lot of respect and that you know as a kid it feels great uh, to be respected so uh i played sports pretty seriously for about 10 years um and then at that time i had some injuries i also think i probably wasn't good enough to go to the pros i I got to play all the way at the division one level and then after that um that's when i had a mentor who said hey your first business should be in fitness because that's what you know and i was like yeah it makes sense you know i've done fitness my whole life uh so i started building that business and once it had a lot of success i got you know one of these awards uh for clickfuddles right and people recognize those awards and they said hey this guy has built you know a million dollar plus business in fitness and so all these trainers started coming to me asking for help. And, you know, at first I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Um, I don't really want to be a business coach. I didn't really like business coaches at the time. Uh, I still kind of don't, to be fair, because <laughs> uh, there's just a lot. You know, there's there's more. It's the 80 20 rule. Right. So I always tell people it's 80 percent is probably bad. 20 percent is good. Um, but that's what got me into uh, consulting with trainers. And then as that expanded and got bigger, that's how kind of elite CEOs came about. So wasn't wasn't planned at all it just kind of naturally progressed and that's where we got to today
0: yes and we can say it is a kind of dot connected into your journey on um, how did you start it and then uh step by step dots are connected right
1: yeah like uh you asked about my step by step journey
0: um, no, uh no i mean uh, you started with the fitness and then dots are connected for your journey
1: correct yeah it just and so it just it just naturally progressed. And I think, uh, again, it wasn't, it was not planned. I never thought I would do it. But, you know, honestly, just what happened is people asked, they were buying the service. And then as I saw the service was being bought, I was like, wow, I think I got something here. And then I just kind of kept progressing. In hindsight, I might have just stayed in fitness. I just think at the time, my skill set was limited. Um, because once I got to certain, we got to about 150 thousand a month, and then I couldn't really get past it um, without losing profit. And if I, knowing what I know now, I would have started putting in load to get products and stuff like that. But I just didn't know that at the time. And so that's when I kind of said, "Hey, you know, instead of trying to keep going this direction, I'll add on this other business." And then the you know business consulting and fitness coaches that overtook that business in only like three months. So it just grew very rapidly, not even three months, honestly, it was like a two months. It was just really fast.
0: Crazy, man. It's completely crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And your client, in this whole journey of your, your you and your client have generated a combined 350 million of dollars in sales, which is completely insane, right? And what is the one thing or framework you teach your students uh, that allow you to make such a huge difference? And huge, huge, massive impact in the world because it's literally great.
1: impact. Yeah, I think then the two most important skills and and it may be boring, but it's learning how to speak to people via messenger. So like text messages, Facebook Messenger, IGDM's LinkedIn and then just how to have a phone call. Um, And a lot of people, unfortunately, they think they're a lot better than they are. So I kind of relate it to the guys who, you know, they think they get all the girls but you know we know they don't you know they go up and the girls some of the girls say no so i just think it's being humble and dropping your ego and understanding hey if this method or reaching out to people or talking to people is not getting me sales what am i saying wrong because you know sales is it's very you know conversational and uh so i think a lot of people think they're better than they are Um, and so when our clients come in we put a lot of time and a lot of effort on the actual messaging process. So conversations via text and then conversations via phone sales. And my best clients are the best of that by far. It's not even close. Uh, that's what their strength is. That's where their skills are. And that's why they do so well.
0: I love this line. Your best client is your uh, best salesman, which is literally great point. Uh, because sales is everything at the end. Because the more you sell, the more you are able to serve. And that's how you are making literally a real Huge impact,
1: right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's other parts to the business, but without sales, the business will die. And it allows you to make mistakes because let's say you're not the best at fulfillment or let's say you're not the best at, um, you know, marketing or whatever it may be. As you're making sales, you're extending the life of the business, which gives you time to get better. So for me, you know, we've been in business you know, a little over five years now, just barely like a month over five years. And so we're way better now than we were day one. But to get better, you have to extend the lifeline to business. And over time, you get better and better and better. And that's how you start beating people, because by the time they come into your sphere, you're so far ahead of them, they can they can never keep keep up or beat you. Um, that's how I view it.
0: That is so true. And Mike drop right now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to sales. Uh, you invested your two days with the goat of sales, the man, the legend, Grant Cardone. And in this particular room, there are people who are making 300 K a month to, and highest are doing hundred millions a month. Mm -hmm. What was your biggest breakthrough or business lesson in that particular, from that particular event or from that room?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, the first thing is it always helps you think bigger. Um, it's like the four minute mile, right? So a lot of times as humans you'll hear things and you have to even be careful people on your team they'll say things that are limiting. Um, you know they'll say, oh, that that can't happen or we shouldn't do that or that's probably not the right way. Um X,Y,Z, ABC, I just don't think that's the best way to go about it. Um, so the first thing is just honestly, it kind of helps you realize how much more you can do and like what levels you can get to. I think some of the questions I actually, I actually might have him on my phone because there was three things Grant said, and maybe if I can find them uh, that really stuck out to me about what he said. So,
0: it is completely crazy things are coming just now.
1: Yeah. So, oh, shoot. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So, he did three things. Yeah. So, I asked him uh, three things, and he basically said, What, like, and these were kind of the big takeaways. So, he said, What do I need to give up to get to where I want to go? right? Because he says a lot of people, you won't leave something good for great. So one way I looked at that is when I heard that, that actually convinced me that I needed to transition out as the face of elite CEOs, not because it's not a great business and it doesn't make a lot of money and we're like doing anything wrong. It's just, I need something with a higher ceiling. And that was, that actually really helped me think that through. Um, The second one was, what should you be doing with your money? So to me, that was investing. You know, I think part of that is like Grant, you know, he's big in real estate. So he's probably like, yeah, you guys should be putting your money in real estate or put it in my syndicate. But I think a lot of people, at least the way I think of investing is they're very risky with their money. You know, you look at the situation that just happened with FTX, it's it, you, you can lose your life will change much more losing money than it will by gaining an extra 20%, you know? So I always try to put my money specifically now in very safe investments. Um, I do not try, you know, to get super big returns. Like a lot of people shoot for these 30, 40, you know, I, I just don't see the benefit because I already have more money than I need. So there's really no benefit to me making a lot more other than making my life worse or going backwards. That's kind of how I view it. And then the third thing he said goes back to kind of what I told you before is what do you believe today that isn't true? Right. And so a lot of times we have these limiting beliefs or someone will say, oh, cold outbound doesn't work or, oh, that never happens. Or this business can't get this big or that's not possible. And, you know, because they have a bigger business, you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe it isn't possible. And because you think it's not possible now, you're not even willing to try. And so one of my good friends, um, you know, he's his business runs like 78 percent cold outbound. And I remember having a convo. He's like, well, why haven't you done cold outbound? I was like, oh, you know, cold outbound doesn't really work. And he's like, oh, yeah, my business does 80% cold outbound. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And those types of conversations kind of help you realize you're saying things that aren't true. And that's a lot of times why people aren't successful because they put themselves in this imaginary box that isn't real. So those are kind of the three main things um, I took from the day. There's obviously way more, but those were like the biggest three questions that stuck out to me.
0: It's completely insane at the moment, right? Uh, because what do, uh, the three questions that you just uh, shared with us is actually create a rela- realization where you want to go and how you want to become, like right? And it is completely insane. And great pointers you just shared, amazing, amazing, right? Thank you. Uh, you are still in your twenties. Please correct me. I did. Uh, I found in your previous interview, like, but right? You are still in your twenties and you already made this much impact which is literally hats off to you bro Uh, a lot of people leave so what's your goal in 30s 40s and all
1: yeah Um, i'm trying to figure that out so as of now the only thing i know is i'll be stepping out as the ceo of elite ceos Uh, my my younger brother actually will be taking over he's been with me for over five years he kind of knows how the business runs and what needs to happen. He's a hard worker. And then um, I'm going to be taking you know, one to two months, maybe three sabbatical, where I basically just go and I read and I travel and I kind of figure stuff out. Um, that's been the advice given to me by you know, more affluent individuals who just said, you need to give yourself some time to think before you start your next thing. So you, you have time to think everything through. Uh, because it's really two different skill sets. When you're doing all the time and you're grinding, you can't really be as creative and vice versa. If you're being super creative, you can't be grinding, right? And so I've been grinding for the last five years. You know, I've barely come up for air. And so I think now it's gonna become more strategic for me about what's my next vehicle, what's my next thing, how big can the ceiling get, uh, looking for that competitive advantage, right? Because in internet marketing, a lot of times the products are not that great or they're not good enough. Uh, and what I'm seeing a trend is with the more affluent individuals, it's all about the product, right? They spend a lot of time talking about the product and not quite as much time talking about the marketing, because if the product's good enough, it'll go more viral. It'll grow more organically. And, you know, right now my business, 60 percent of our uh, expenses is uh, at, you know, by far. So if I took 60% of our expenses off the table, imagine how much more profitable our business would be. You know, so um, I'm not sure yet, but when I know you guys will know and I'll keep you guys updated.
0: (laughs) It's a crazy man, it's completely crazy. And definitely we have to give time to ourselves for brainstorming, for new ideas and all. Definitely it's a great thing. And uh, you just mentioned, Product is something very important to get result to achieve the desired result that we have to create. How and uh, I think your product is somebody that is actually help you to achieve the result that you have with yourself, right? How did somebody create a great product so they are able to make such a great impact and uh, what's the steps they should have to follow to create a product which is online?
1: this is a great question so i'll try to answer in two steps so in terms of internet marketing so you know i'm an internet marketer you are um that's where i started and that's where i think most people actually should start because it's a very low risk low downside business um so in internet marketing if you're going to start there the way i always try to have people pick products is just make sure it's like do you help people save or make money Do you help people have better relationships or do you help them get in better shape? I mean, as simple as that. If it doesn't do one of those three things or you cannot tie it back to it, it doesn't work. So when I say tie it back to it, maybe you're a mindset coach, but you say by doing XYZ thing in my mindset program, you'll have increased health and you'll make more money. It it just, if you, the people I see struggle, they never tie it back to anything tangible. And so when they're talking to you they love it and they're super excited but i'm like a person who doesn't know you you don't have 30 minutes to explain what you do and so a litmus test is can you tell someone what you do in two sentences or less if you can't you probably can't help them like with elite ceo someone's like what does your company do is like we help people build online businesses like at the granular level i could get into more complexity but that's literally what we do right so that's number one for internet marketing this The real question, like in the way I really want to answer this is if you really want to build a great product, you have to have the skill set to do so. And so what I mean is when I first came into business, I had no skills and then I learned how to message and then I learned how to do sales calls. And then I learned Facebook ads and then I did funnels and then emails and then copywriting and automations and tech. Right. So over the last five years, I've learned pretty much every single part of my business inside and out. If anyone left at any time. I'd be totally fine. Like I know exactly what to do, or I could plug someone in. And so now when I go to build a new company, what I'm looking at is kind of the first thing is I have skills to make it work. But the second thing is now I'm going, okay, why does internet marketing not usually get as big? So why are there no billionaires besides Grant Cardone, who's in internet marketing? And really, if you look at Grant, most of his wealth is in real estate, right? It's not really internet marketing. He's, He's a real estate mogul, which there's a lot of billionaires who are in real estate. So that's the question, because Tony Robbins, right? Tony Robbins isn't a billionaire. Tony Robbins is probably one of the wealthiest consultants in the world in the internet marketing space, right? So then you have to ask yourself, why are there no more billionaires? And I think the question is because at a granular level, people don't really value information, right? It's very valuable when they don't have it. And then the second they get it, you're like, oh, I could have figured that out on my own or, oh, I don't need you anymore. Or, oh, that was great, but I need new stuff now. That's why it's usually harder to scale in my opinion. So when you go to build another product, you have to find something that is a little more sticky, right? Or it has more inherent value. And so like Alex Becker did a great job of this, right? He just sold Hyros for 110 million. He went from internet marketing where he was making, you know, I don't know how much he was taking home, but let's say he was taking home one to 4 million a year, built a tracking software where people have to have it. It can't cancel and he sold it for nine figures. And so now literally for the rest of his life, you know, he he has more than he needs by far. And he doesn't spend a lot. Like his personality is very similar to mine where he's just more of a minimalist. So he found something that just people value more. And the way you know if people value it more is how long will they keep paying for it? And so that's why tech is a great industry typically because people like it. You also see good direct to consumer brands because they'll buy a piece of clothing But they love the brand. So they'll buy it again and they'll buy it again and they'll buy it again. And so they get those repeat customers. So I think that's the question you have to ask is a lot of internet marketers, they don't really have a good product. And even like my company, we've been around five years. We shoot for a 10% attrition rate. I think that's a great rate. So meaning if we get 10 new clients, we only lose one. But in most tech companies, they're shooting for a one to 2% attrition rate, which is insane. Like if you think about it, one to 2% is like extremely low. So that's one out of 100 instead of one out of 10, right? And so that's how those companies get enterprise value. And that's what you really have to think about. So the next company I build, the question you really have to ask is how can I keep these people paying and not leave? And a lot of internet marketing companies don't do that because it's information-based and information is only as good until the person knows it. And then they're like, oh, I don't need this anymore. And so it's just the nature of the game is, yes, there's some coaches who are better than others and some suck, right? But even if you're really good in the internet marketing space, like really good, you still have that issue that in other business models you can solve easier. So sorry, that was a little bit of a long answer, but that's like kind of the beginner level, how to do an offer and then kind of a higher level. Um, so hopefully that was helpful.
0: It is totally makes sense and uh... It's a so valuable and in detail answer that you just shared. First thing is, do they getting a transformation or not? They are not looking for just uh, an information because information is already there, but they are actually getting a transformation or not, which is literally (coughs) required. And then the uh, familiarity, like uh, you mentioned, you have out of 10, one people leaving you, right? One people is leaving you. Because they are finding a bonding and that's the matter that is the literally required, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. uh, Amazing. And uh, In your life, your parents make a significant impact. And especially you are talking a lot about your dad uh, in your journey, like in terms and what kind of things you learn a lot from your dad uh, when it comes to money, mindset and growth. Uh,
1: Yeah, so so it may be an unpopular opinion, but I just personally feel like a lot of people, they're not willing to do what it takes, and they're very soft, for lack of a better, better word. My dad's one of the hardest working people I know, and the reason I say that is my dad, I didn't realize growing up, but I thought the way my dad acted was normal, and I thought every dad was like that until I got older and I realized my dad was exceptional. And the reason I say that is we had seven kids. My dad was a teacher. So, you know, he's making 40, 50 grand a year. Like, let's say tops. Like, he gets closer to 80, but it's like, you know, seven kids. That's not a lot here. And he would always do extra jobs, power washing, mowing lawns, cleaning. Like, he even cleaned some of the schools he taught at to make extra money for our family. And when I would ask him for stuff, he would just say, yeah, like, I don't like you got to earn on your own. And it seems very small, but a lot of the people I see who struggle as adults, their parents give them too much, right? They give them, they, they expect things. The parents, every time they have a problem, they bail them out. Let's say their kid gets in trouble and goes to jail. They get them out of jail, like teach their own. I personally am glad that my dad was quote unquote hard on me, right? Society would view what my dad did as very hard or cold or cruel. My dad's the reason I'm successful. And I think a lot of kids need a little bit more tough love and need uh, to not just be given everything and understand that life is hard and you you have to earn things. You have to work for it. And my dad taught that very well because he never gave me money when I asked for it. He always told me, if you want to go to college, you got to get there on your own. He, you know, I'd ask him for money. He's like, you don't have a job. He's like, you got to go get one. And I was just a kid. But when I became an adult, I had the realization, I said, you know what, my parents can't help me. So I have to figure this out on my own. And really, if you think about it, you have to be able to help yourself. If you're expecting people to save you or help you, um, you're not gonna have a good life. And that's why I'm also not very pro-government Because that's what the government tries to do is they try to baby adults and they try to make sure, you know, they all get cell phones, they all get money and, you know, and what it does is it ruins society because everyone basically is a little child as an adult and needs someone to bail them out. And that may be an unpopular opinion, but the more I've had success and the more I see other successful people, the more it's apparent to me that that's the common problem. So my dad was very influential and uh, without my dad, I probably wouldn't be here. So,
0: I really loved it. Definitely. Uh, sometimes we feel like my parents, my dad, is very hard on me, but they are literally teaching the life lesson from their own experience, not just a random. They want to uh, make see their kids more successful than yeah. themselves, right? Well,
1: and and probably like it's part of your culture, which is a good thing. So you know, yeah. in America, right? Uh, or if you're you know born in America, I Nias, where were you born? I'm in India. So you're in India, right? So just naturally your culture in India and like uh, even China, Japan, those types of countries, I feel like the way you're raised and brought up is just way more to the benefit. Um, They were even talking about TikTok in the U S right. It's a bunch of stupid dances. And then in China, they're showing a bunch of educational stuff and information and like all these amazing things. And so, you know, people look at that, right? And I remember I had some professors from India and they were my hardest professors. Like they were so, they were hard, right? And they would grade really ruthlessly. But it's funny at the time, you always kind of resent it, but later in life, you're so glad because those professors or those, uh, you know, parents or teachers, whatever, they actually help you elevate your game because they, you know, expect nothing less than greatness. So I actually think a lot of times people born in America Um, Don't get me wrong. Someone's going to, you know, someone will try to, you know, make something out of this. But I'm not saying they're not privileged. But What I am saying is that I think that privilege can sometimes hurt you. And I think, you know, being born into either a family or an environment or situation where it's not quite as good is actually a lot of times what I see. Like Gary Vee, he, you know, is an immigrant. Right. Um, I don't know how many others are, but like I'm pretty sure a lot of the top entrepreneurs I look at are immigrants. Um, And they just kind of have that, you know, mentality, that toughness that you can't get if you're just handed everything on a silver platter. And so while I was, you know, born in America, so I'm more privileged than most, I would say the way my dad raised me, it it was very similar to maybe how I feel other individuals in maybe foreign countries who come over here with a chip on their shoulder were raised. Uh, To put it like more plainly, I guess.
0: Yes, it is. It's like... uh how when we face a lot of tough time we know the effort how much effort we have to put to make it to earn it right Mm. and that's what our parents love to teach us so you are able to stay in your journey in any tough situation not only in single situation but in any tough situation really glad Uh, guys if you have any specific question you can also drop in the chat box uh, you hit a mil- mil- milestone of zero to eight, f- eight figure in your journey, in your business. How do you define your success?
1: Well, I used to define it as how much money I made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made a lot of money and I realized I didn't really feel any different. So the, the I think there's there's steps, right? It's like Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like first you need shelter and then you need like food and then you need water. And then I don't know the whole thing, but... It's like one step at a time. I think with money, money's everything when you don't have it, right? But then once you have it, you realize it's not the most important thing. So for me now, I'm very more, I'm more mission focused uh, because it really is about my personal development. What I mean by that is the person I am now is far different than the person I, I was when I started. And the reason is because to reach new levels whether it's business or finance or sports or whatever you have to become a new person and that's truly where the uh happiness comes from because if you're always chasing money you'll just burn out because there's going to be a hard time a bad day something will happen and you'll just burn out but like what's happened for me now and i see why people stay successful like gary v because it's it's just so obvious that like he loves what he does and you're not going to love everything about it but at the granular level like he loves business he loves growth and i think the people who are the most successful for the long term have to love it because if they don't love it they'll stop doing it right and and it makes sense because like now that i've been in business five years i've seen people come into the space and leave i've seen people who are in the space their businesses went down Seen people sell Seen people move on to other things And so, you know, they always say that quote, you know, if you stick with something for 15, 20, 30 years, you'll get really good at it and you'll probably be really successful. That's the key. It's the consistency, right? It's like sticking with it. Um, And ultimately, if you don't love it, you won't stick with it because it just, it gets boring. Like it becomes a grind. You don't want to do it anymore. You're tired of it. You're tired of dealing with people, like whatever it may be. So I think for me, it turned from money to personal growth. And um, that's where I feel the happiest now. And that's where I feel the most content. So
0: love this answer. It is an insane and uh, again, micro answer because money is not only in happiness, but definitely there's so many things that you can change. And how much you how much humble you are, how much impact you are making is re- literally making sense. Thank you so much Tanner, for coming on this show. Uh, really glad to have you on the stage. Uh, where do people can find you?
1: yeah just uh youtube is great so just type in my name on youtube and then uh if you guys do need help or they're ever looking for more information to grow their businesses you know elitecos.com and we got a lot of stuff there but yeah thanks for having me brother and uh i apologize they don't know this but i missed the first meeting so i appreciate you let me make it up to you
0: no worries it's uh, i'm glad that you again uh Book a reschedule with us and really glad to have you on the stage. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, what was your biggest three mistake that you uh, don't want to repeat and advise people to not do?
1: Yeah, the biggest mistake, I think the biggest mistake, I mean, and this is personal for me, I waited about two years to hire help. And so if you have if you have a way where you can either get a loan, a credit card, a family or friend, and you feel very strongly about the program you're investing in, I would do it sooner than later, because I told myself I said, "Hey, I'm going to save up money and then I'll buy it." The problem was two years later, I had the same amount of money. Literally, I had the same amount. I had two thousand dollars, and then two years later, I have two thousand dollars, right? And you know, depending where you live in the world, that may be a lot or a little, but in you know the states, it's not. It's not a lot. And, um, so I would say that, and then number two is just don't give up, right? Because people don't know this or a lot don't know, but all these awards you see almost never happened because I, when I was struggling during those two years and I wasn't making any money, I almost quit like five times. And what I mean by that is I would call my mentor and i say, Hey, like, I'm going to go back to school. Like, this isn't working. I'm killing myself. I'm working 16 hours a day. Like, I'm not making any money and he just convinced me, he's like don't quit. It's like don't quit. Don't quit. And um you know, I owe him everything because if I had quit and you and I'd taken a job as an engineer, I would have made okay money, but you know, if you you make about $100,000 a year as an engineer, so $500,000 versus 50 million. And that's the opportunity cost and so what makes me sad is a lot of people they think by not deciding to take action that they're not losing anything but i'm like yes you are because if you had taken action you would have gotten this result you just don't know it and that's the thing that drives me and scares me because i want to be the best i can be and i don't want to get to the end of my life and someone's like hey tanner so here's your life and here's all the directions you could have gone here's where you ended up and here's what your best self could have been and it's all because Mentally, you just decide to take the easier option. So I know that may sound cliche, but those are the two best things is like either pay for help if you can and if you can't just keep going, because unless you have an actual mental condition, right, like you mentally have something wrong with you when you put your hand on a hot stove, you know not to do it. And then just keep doing that over and over in other areas until you finally find the right path. Some people it takes longer than others. Some are smarter than others. Some are more skilled. But I'm telling you, like, if you can just be resilient, success leaves clues and you eventually you will be successful. It's just a lot of people like two years doesn't sound long when we're talking here. When you're in those two years, it feels like 50, feels like 100. You you feel like it's never going to end. And so it's just in those moments you have to mentally be tough and you have to know that if you push through, there will be better things on the other side. But it's tough. But that's why I'm giving that advice, because I wish someone had told me that. Um, if I didn't had that mentor, I would have quit, and uh, this conversation would never happened. So,
0: yeah, that is insane level of advice just now. Uh, we have, and the second point when you mention, uh, you are not just uh, in. You are not investing because you don't have money, and this is something that happened with me as well. I am re- uh, relating with you on that point uh, when I started out with my journey. I'm with the same amount of money without even investing so definitely i am relating with you cost of opportunity is something that you have to focus thank you so much Tanner, for coming here and sharing a lot of golden nuggets a lot of mic drop stuff with us on our, our stage thank you so much uh guys thank you so much once again and uh, we are joining you with the next episode on the entrepreneurs Story show till then diligence and signing off. have a great one bye-bye